When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And good day, everybody. Welcome to episode 135 of the Talking Fires podcast, Talking Fires YouTube show. Ben Fadden, your host here. I appreciate everyone who is going to be joining me live here in the chat. Let me know where you're listening from, watching from live, and on replay, I appreciate you watching on YouTube as well. Again, hit that subscribe button, get those subscriber numbers up so we can implement that super chat function for those that want to use it. I appreciate everyone on social media, at Talking Friars, Twitter, Instagram, everyone listening on the podcast, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Megaphone. Uh, You can always find the podcast links in in our social media profiles. Uh, this episode is sponsored by Gaglione, Bo- Gaglione Bros, famous cheesesteaks and subs, located in the sports arena, Point Loma, and at Petco Part as well, obviously going throughout the season starting April 14th, the home opener at Petco Park against Matt Olson and the Atlanta Braves, Upper Deck, uh, Garlic Fry Stand they have. Uh, field level right behind home plate and then their full stand by the Valley Sports San Diego pre and post game booth down the third baseline gaglionbros.com to view their entire menu Uh, welcome on in everyone into the chat here we got a lot to talk about like you can see down there on the ticker for the YouTube uh, audience Blake Snell pitched a couple innings in a simulated game today Ryan Weathers and Denelson Lamette threw Stammon Tim Hill threw as well uh, in today's Cactus League tie, that's two straight ties in a row. C.J. Abrams continued to hit and show off his speed. Luke Voigt, I have it in Luke, because that's uh, what Yankee fans you know, used to call him whenever he would do something with big. So I, I would think that's going to translate over to San Diego. He hit his first bomb in spring training, so there's a lot to talk about there. Uh, one star in the National League West is talking about an extension with his team who could have been possibly a trade target for the San Diego Padres, so we'll get into that as well. Uh, But a lot to talk about. Again, welcome everyone in into the chat here, episode 135 of the Talking Fires podcast and YouTube show. Greg, welcome on in. He asked, who's the new pitcher the Padres signed? Uh, They claimed a pitcher off waivers from the Boston Red Sox, and his name is Kyle Tyler. We will get into him. Uh, so, Ian, that's the same question you asked. Yep, so Kyle Tyler, we will get into him. I have a quick video that I posted on the Twitter account that I'll show, um, and then I'll talk about some of his stats, maybe a role that he might have on the team this year. Dylan asked, my thoughts on Ryan Weathers today. Uh, it was definitely up and down. He It was definitely down to start off his outing. You know, he, he was a little iffy, you know, with his command. The fastball was up and out in a way. And we'll definitely get to that. I think it's right to start chronologically with the beginning of the day towards the, to the end of the day of what happened. So we're going to start with uh, Blake Snell and that simulated game that he threw today. He pitched two simulated innings uh, on today, Saturday, March 26th, which is when I'm going live on YouTube and when I'm re- recording this. AJ Casabell, MLB.com, 
says they probably will start the season in the four to five inning range. And a lot of people uh, are frustrated with Snell because they think he was playing video games the whole lockout and wasn't throwing like Musgrove and Clevenger were and Darvish and Paddock and Gore, guys that are going to be more built up, it seems like, than what Snell's going to be. But I'm trying to view it more of as an optimistic, a positive viewpoint and say that, look, this could keep Blake Snell healthy. Look, right now, the rotation, there's more than five rotation options right now. And so Paddock, Martinez, and Gore, one of them's going to get the five spot. And then you can have Weathers, Gore, if he makes the roster. You, if he's not the five starter, probably Gore's in the minors. But then you still have two other guys, Weathers, and then either Paddock or Martinez to maybe piggyback Blake Snell um, and, you know, come in after Snell if he's only going those four innings and that guy can go two or three innings. And then you end, you see there, you add those two guys and those innings up and look, now you're at seven innings and now the bullpen gets a little bit of rest. So I think that could very well benefit the Padres. Obviously you'd want him to be, you know, fully ready, you know, six, seven innings built up, but I don't think it's necessarily like the worst thing. Uh, Blake, so I asked, you know, KJ, uh, AJ Castville put out the tweet, you know, that he went two innings, but he didn't put out how he did. So I asked AJ on Twitter, and he replied, quote, tweeted directly to me and said that he, Snell today mixed in all four of his pitches. He got a bunch of whiffs. Uh, no fielders because it was a simulated game, so it wasn't like an actual backfield game like Clevenger had pitched in. It was a simulated game. So, so it was literally just him, the catcher, uh, and the batter, guys taking swings off of him. There were no fielders, no umpires, so it was kind of hard to judge how many hits he gave up, but it was no more than two, according to A.J. Casavell. He struck out four, according to Bob Scanlon. That's what Bob said on the broadcast today. And his changeup, obviously, he told reporters that his changeup's back. It's, it's feeling, you know, much better. Um, and that's what he told Ben and Woods, you know, earlier this week as well. So it seems like the changeup's well and it he seems like from all reports that he he looks good so i'm not going to overreact to him not being fully built up i think it's going to end up being a positive for the padres um and maybe this saves a little bit of his arm who knows a, a few innings um on the back end so we'll definitely see about that i did want to touch on him uh now getting to kyle tyler who did we acquire ian just asked that again uh I did address that a couple minutes ago. That's who we're going to get to right now, and his name is Kyle Tyler. The Padres announced today before the game that they claimed Kyle Tyler off of waivers from the Boston Red Sox, and in order to make room for him, they designated James Norwood for assignment. Um, So good luck to James. Yeah, just like Jason's saying in the chat, good luck to James. Um, You know, I don't think that... James was going to have that much of a role here, here, and to be honest, you would think that it'll just go to the minor leagues. I don't know if any team would take a chance on him. We'll see, um, but they have that 10-day period to take a chance on him, uh, but as in terms of Kyle Tyler, he made his big league debut last year with the Angels uh, in September, pitched 12 and a third innings there with the Angels in 2021. Again, in September, had a 3.66 ERA in the minors last year, which was where he spent the bulk of his time. The Red Sox acquired him uh, from the Angels. Uh, And I do have this video here to share for the YouTube audience real quick. Just a quick uh, strikeout of, or that Kyle Tyler had. Here it is. So this is him uh, against Isaiah Connor Falefer, who's now with the Yankees. Just 92. So maybe I'm not. I'm not so sure like where he sits velocity wise, but I mean that was his fastball in September, trying to make an impression in the big league. So I would expect that's probably where his velocity's at. Not going to be 97, 98, but I mean I know that was one strikeout, but just I'm not going to take too much from that. But I did want to talk about uh, Kyle Tyler. And his role, um, you know, he's not going to make the big league roster, I wouldn't think. There's just a lot of depth right now, a lot of guys healthy. But he could be someone like a Daniel Camarena last year who comes up because of injuries. Now, obviously, you wouldn't, you don't want that to happen because that means that 
we're heading for you know a duplicate of year a year last year in terms of the pitching where guys are the starting pitching the relief guys relievers are getting overtaxed and the rotation it's you know not going well health-wise and you don't want that to happen but in terms of Kyle Tyler I mean he I'd assume he starts in triple a and he had 32 of his 60 games in the minors uh as starts so he started over half of his games in the minors as a starting pitcher so I think theoretically you could see him pitch some bulk innings if he does come up into the big leagues at some point obviously he pitched in September like I just mentioned in the big leagues with the Angels, so he has some experience already. He already has made his big his big league debut. So I think, obviously, you would think that Kyle Tyler is the better option than James Norwood. That's why they made this move. Um, and they would think that Kyle Tyler has the better chance of impacting the team this year than Norwood would. So uh, that's kind of my thoughts on it. Again, just looking at the numbers, some of his highlights – Seems like, you know, he's not going to blow you away with the velocities if, you know, especially if we're comparing him to like the Jacob DeGroms and stuff like that or throwing 98-99 consistently. Uh, but seems like a serviceable, maybe bulk guy if he does make it up to the big leagues. And he was pitching in AAA last year the majority of the time, so I'd expect him to be in El Paso with the Padres as well. Uh, again, after Mackenzie Gore starting-wise, you know, in the minors, it's not too strong, at least in El Paso, from from what I know. So you would think that Kyle Tyler might just slot into the rotation there, along with Adrian Martinez, uh, who also just got demoted um, yesterday. So we'll see where that goes. He's someone to definitely keep an eye on. I'll see if I can talk to him at some point, you know, when the season, you know, gets underway. And uh, so keep an eye on Kyle Tyler. Good luck again to James Norwood. Um, so that's the Kyle Tyler news that I wanted to touch on. Now, let's move uh, to Manny Machado. He was scratched from the lineup today with back tightness. Um, on the Twitter, on my Twitter account, at Talking Friars, I had a, a, a gif kind of saying, it's fine, it's fine, don't worry. Uh, but, and I, I think, I, to be honest, I'm not going to worry. Like, it's spring training. Manny Machado, I'm pretty confident I haven't seen any comments from Bob Melvin on what he said uh, post-game if he's talked yet, but may, I, this feels like something that it's just spring training, just precautionary, no reason to keep him in the lineup, you know, just scratch him from the lineup, day off, whatever. It's Manny Machado. He knows what he's doing. He knows his body. If there's anyone that knows his body on the team the best, it's Manny. So I, this is something for me that it just feels like, precautionary and it feels like if this was a regular season game he would have played you know there's stories from Eric Hosmer I think on Brian O'Grady's podcast earlier this offseason when he was talking about how Hosmer and teammates you know they really got had respect for Manny when there was a game I think in like Arizona or something where he was really aching and he didn't take batting practice or something that day and it didn't look like he was going to be in the lineup and then like at right at the beginning of the game when he was about to be on deck, he comes strolling out and he's on the on deck circle. So he eventually, my point is he'll play through injury. He, we saw it last year early on in that Dodger series when he really was hurt. Uh, okay. Breaking news here. Kevin AC says the Manny Machado back tightness was more of a sleeping thing and not something he did on the field. So breaking news there from Kevin Acey on the article that he just wrote. I'm sure Bob Melvin, is. that's the quote that Acey was saying. But, uh, yeah, so seems like it's more of a sleeping thing. Um, and I'm sure all of us have experienced some back tightness like that. Um, and probably Manny just couldn't get it loosened up or it just didn't feel right. So this seems really like precautionary. And so I'm glad that I was definitely going live here, given my reaction to that right when that news came down there about Kevin Acey he just tweeted out i have tweet notifications for him just tweeted out uh that it, it seems like manny's back tightness was more of a sleep thing and he just the tightness couldn't really go away so precautionary good news with manny machado there and i don't think it's really anything to worry about too much you know anymore so that's the manny thing manny machado news scratched to the lineup uh from the lineup earlier today 
Um, now moving to the game, Ryan Weathers started. Uh, and by the way, Jason, I did see your comment here. Any thoughts on Luke Voigt's first home run? I'll get to that. I'll show it the home run as well. Um, but as for the game today, Ryan Weathers got the start on the mound. And he's technically fighting for the fifth spot. I think he's on. He's looking on the outside of it. I think more than Gore, to be quite honest. Uh, I, I feel, I mean, I really like Ryan Weathers. Um, and I think that he's definitely going to contribute to the team at some point this year. But there's just a feeling for me. Maybe with the 28-man roster, he benefits from it, and he does. He is on the Major League roster to start the season. But for me, it's just like a gut thing where they go with Martinez and Paddock, one of those guys in the five spot, and then the other is a, a piggyback for Snell the first couple starts of the season, something like that. And then they can still use guys like a Pierce Johnson or a Lamette or a Stammen, guys like that to come in if they do need some bulk innings. I think they can use those guys. Now, again, Weathers, I think he will contribute at some point, but I think he's looking on the outside in terms of that fifth starter spot. Uh, but he's still in the in the hunt for it, and he struggled in the first inning with his command, especially with his fastball. It was definitely up and away, uh, just wasn't really finishing. Two walks in that first inning, missed up and out of the zone, like I just mentioned. Couple back to a couple of those batters, especially Clint Frazier, to lead off the game. Uh, but he did get out of the inning a five-four-three double play to get out of that inning. Scanlon, Bob Scanlon, did say on the broadcast that Weathers might insert a cutter into his uh, repertoire this season, so maybe look out for that. And in terms of just deceptiveness and all that, we'll see uh, if that you know ends up happening um and so with that there's a lot of guys that are working on different pitches you got ryan weathers obviously with that cutter and he mentioned another pitch but i'm i'm blanking on the other pitch that he mentioned obviously pagan yesterday in that story that came out uh, about his you know adjustments the splitter is something that he's working on and he's talked with you darvish about it i think weathers has talked with uh, musgrove on the cutter so there's guys that are you know fooling around with some different uh, pitches and seeing what works for them, just trying to improve. I would think that Darvish, I mean, Darvish, is there any other pitch that he can implement? Has he implemented a knuckleball yet? Uh, but for him, obviously it's health. You know, I, he's a great pitcher, I think, and if he just stays healthy, he'll definitely pitch like an ace, I think. We saw that in the majority of the first half of the season last year. Um, so a lot of different pitchers working on some things, but with Weathers, with Gore, with Paddock, with Martinez, if you are going to work on some things, it's kind of, it's just, it's a weird thing there because you're trying to win that fifth spot in the starting rotation, right? You're trying to win that spot. So you want to go with stuff that you're confident in, but at the same time, spring training's the place to work on that stuff, not during the regular season. So it's just kind of like a, a weird balancing act that they have to balance if you are like Weathers and you're working on some things. Maybe you use that cutter when it's not, you know, such a high situation in spring training. Like, I know it's spring training, but for high situations, maybe it's a 3-2 count. Maybe you don't do it there. But maybe if you're ahead in the count or something for the first batter of the game and you just try it, okay, ball, it's one and two, okay, whatever. You know, something like that. Or you just really work on it in the bullpen with Ruben Niebla. That's also a possibility as well. They have all the stat casts and the, you know, the machines behind them with analytics and how their ball's moving and all that. So I, it's just a, it's a, it's a different weird kind of balance that people, that especially pitchers that are trying to you know, make the team, that they have to balance. You know, do I use that stuff that I'm trying to implement in these games and maybe it doesn't work out and my numbers get worse? Or do I just go for it and maybe that helps my case to make the roster? So it's, it's just kind of weird there. Um, Jason says in the comments here, I agree with Ryan Weathers. He's only 22 and needs more time in AAA. I don't even know if it's that he needs like more time. I think it's just how many options right now that they have. And obviously on paper options means nothing in terms of the whole season. We saw that last year. But – Right now, as it stands, you have like seven guys battling for the rotation, right? You have four guys in it with Darvish, Musgrove, Snell, and Clevenger. 
And then after that, you have Gore, you have Martinez, and then you have Weathers. So that's eight for five spots, or for, that's, no, seven for five spots. Um, and really, it's six for those five, and then you can add Weathers, you can add Lamette if they want to extend him out, but he only pitched one inning today, and it seems like he's going to be really fighting for that closer spot. So it just seems like right now they have more than five guys that they need fighting for that spot. And I think I think they don't want to give up on Weathers as a starter right now. And maybe they're just listing him as a starter and keeping him with as a starter to increase his trade value maybe for another team. I think that's something to look at as well. If Preller if that's someone being floated to Preller and Preller's like, okay, maybe I'm interested and maybe we get back an outfielder or someone like that, that's always a possibility as well. So I think that, you know, Weathers, if he stays on the roster, isn't traded or anything, he's going to impact the team. He's a major league caliber pitcher, uh, but he did have a rough kind of start to his outing today. He did bounce back, though. Uh, the one run that he gave up was an it was an unearned run. Uh, it was an error by Jose uh, Azacar in center. Just got under his glove and went all the way to the ro- all the way to the wall. And then it was a you know inside the park home run there. Uh, in the third inning, Weathers got a ground ball to, uh, to second. Struck out. I think Clint Frazier looking if I remember correctly, and then got a ground out to short. Um, so his final line three innings, no earned runs. He gave up one run. Obviously that was unearned. Gave up just that one hit into the gap that ended up being an error on Azucar that ended up scoring Hermosillo for the Cubs. Uh, and then he finished with 37 pitches, so he's still on the same track in terms of innings, I believe, with Paddock and Gore. And so, again, like Jason mentioned in the chat, he's only 22 years old, so he's definitely still young. Gore's still young. Paddock's still – well, Paddock, isn't he like 26 now? So he's older than Weathers and Gore. But in terms of Weathers and Gore, they're still young. Martinez and Paddock, I think, are around the same age, if I remember correctly. Um, let's look at Nick Martinez. Nick Martinez's age. Let's see here. Okay, Nick Martinez is 31, so he, he's even older than Paddock. Um, so Gore is obviously – Gore and Weathers are the youngest of those four technically battling for that fifth spot. Uh, but Denelson Lamette came in after Ryan Weathers did. Uh, he only pitched one inning. I thought, you know, on the broadcast, I think Scanlon was talking about how they were going to try to give him multiple innings today. Like, that was the plan. But then, obviously, the plan probably changed when Lamette was struggling. He, he ended up giving up a home run uh, to Jan Gomes, and he gave up a double to Hermosillo on a hanging slider in that first and only inning of work down the line. So it wasn't as great of an outing as it sh- could have been for Denelson Lamette, but again, it's these rocky starts. Um, and I think, like I mentioned on previous episodes this week, it's, it's kind of like I don't want to put him right in there as the closer. I think Robert Suarez or Luis Garcia or Emilio Pagan should get that to start the season because they just have more late inning experience, reliever, consistent reliever experience. So I wouldn't put him right into the fire, right, you know, at the beginning of the year going back to back to back days and all of that um, and just maybe just let him get comfortable in that bullpen wherever that role is and then if he decides to uh, you know if he's comfortable and he decides he tells the coaching staff hey I'm ready for it and they're ready for it as well on the other side of things then maybe you can think about it but Lamette today went that one inning gave up a home run gave up a double wasn't as sharp but Stammen, Craig Stammen, Emilio Pagan, Tim Hill combined for three innings sh- of a shutout ball. They were uh, pretty sharp today. And then perfect timing, Zar with the comment here. Kevin Carp, Kevin Cops, hard to square up even if he's throwing 88, 89. Yeah, uh, we had Kevin Cops. I had Kevin Cops on the show before the lockout ended. He was training and he talked to me about his minor leagues, you know, his experience in the minor leagues, his relationship with A.J. Preller, uh, his, you know, story that he had of A.J., wanting him to throw more fastballs in the SEC tournament when A.J. was scouting him uh, before, he was got, before he got drafted. He, he was playing at Arkansas. And he pitched today. He went one inning, ulti- you know, really filthy, didn't give up a run, gave up one hit, didn't walk anyone, struck out two. Uh, I'll try to find here. 
I'll find you. Pitching Ninja, he had a video out of Kevin Copps, and I had Pitching Ninja as well on, uh, Rob Friedman. I had him on as well. Here is that. Here is the Kevin Copps video that I'll show you. Let me share my screen here. This was today's outing. Again, the one hit that he gave up. Here are... For the audio, the podcast audience, I encourage you to come watch the YouTube replay for the video, or you can just look it up, Pitching Ninja on Twitter. Here's Kevin Copps, his two strikeouts, just the breaking balls fell off the table here, the second one especially. My goodness. Just totally fell off the table there. Yeah, just absolute nasty, absolute filth. So that was Kevin Copps today. Uh, again, one inning. And then Emilio Pagan pitched well. Tim Hill pitched well. Uh, Craig Stammen pitched pretty well. And then obviously the two next guys I want to get to, Luke Voigt on the offensive side of things and C.J. Abrams. Luke Voigt, obviously, any thoughts on Luke Voigt's first home run in a Padre uniform? Yeah, it was – look, he's been struggling a little bit. For anyone that's watched him in a Padre uniform so far in spring training – he has uh, struggled a little bit, I think, uh, you know, with the breaking ball. But, I mean, look at this. This one was one that hung a little bit of a breaking ball here. Uh, but this one hung, was absolutely demolished, almost hit the Jumbotron in Peoria. So there's, there was area, there's Arizona home runs, and then there's that. That ball was crushed. That would get out of anywhere. Um, so, yeah, Luke Voigt. I really love here's this here's a little bit more of a slow-mo version of this home run here. Middle, middle, and absolute crushes it into the left field seats. That leg kick kind of starts high, right? A little Bellinger a little bit to it. I know he leans back more and then kind of has that it's not a bent knee leg kick either. It's kind of like it's kind of like he's really loading and then he really fires He's loading back on that back foot, but his knee's bent here, but it's not as bent as most people. Like, it's not like a full big leg kick. It's more of a big load, you know? So, yeah, ball, that ball absolutely crushed. Absolutely crushed. All right, so that was Luke Voigt's home run. Um, his first home run of spring. That target at Petco, yeah, you're right. That target at Petco start uh, is going to get dented for sure by Voigt. I, I envision a lot of Hunter Renfro type home runs at uh, you know on top of that Western Metal Supply Company building. Uh, I, I think I think what Tatis has been up there once. Renfro was up there I think on that walk off against Jansen. Uh, you know, a few years back that was a big moment. You know when the Padres still stunk. Um, so I envision Voigt doing that a lot. I envision him. Hitting it up by the Jumbotron, definitely on that second deck where the Hedges fan group used to be a couple nights a year, whatever that, I forget what that, the trombone group or whatever, um, whatever that was, hitting it up there in that second deck. He has some serious power. And so that anyone, I know the Padres don't really let in regular fans in when the Padres batting practice is going on, but... If you ever catch him, that's a sight to see, especially on the road. If you're a fan going to any Padre road games this year, watching him hit some BP would probably be pretty fun. I don't think I've done it before. I don't remember doing it, watching him hit BP live at a stadium before. But, yeah, he's got some ridiculous power. Um, so, yeah, that home run was in the first uh, – excuse me, first home run of spring training. That was in the fourth inning. Jason says, Hunter Renfro, is it too late to get him back for Tommy Pham? Well, Tommy Pham goes, went to the Reds, and then Renfro is with the Milwaukee Brewers. He was traded uh, in that Jackie Bradley Jr. deal like hours before the lockout happened. And people were like, what the heck is this deal? Jackie Bradley Jr., obviously that contract did not work out well uh, in that short period of time that JBJ was with the Brewers. Uh, but he goes back to Boston. I saw he hit a home run already this spring, so maybe he's just comfortable there. Renfro, I think they could really maybe get like an outfielder like Tyrone Taylor from the Milwaukee Brewers as a trade target um, because their outfield stacked. They have uh, Yelich, 
Tyrone Taylor. I think, uh, well, obviously Renfro. I'm blanking on the other names here. Let me look that up. But they have five really solid outfielders. Let's see here. I think they have, don't they have Lorenzo Cain still? I think they have Lorenzo Cain still. Let me look that up. Outfielders. Oh, yeah. Cut McCutcheon. That's what I forgot. So, yeah, they have five outfielders. They're outfield stacked. Lorenzo Cain, Andrew McCutcheon, Hunter Renfro, Tyrone Taylor, and then Christian Yelich. Yelich, I'd expect to have a bounce back year. And Tyrone Taylor there isn't going to get a whole lot of playing time. And maybe they could get something back, like a pitcher or something that would have been would, that would really benefit Milwaukee, and the Padres could get you know that that power potential bat in Tyrone Taylor to be you know in left field over Profar. That would be an upgrade. So we can actually look at. Let's look at right now. I know this was, this wasn't really what I was planning on doing, but now that you bring up that you know Hunter Renfro and, and the Brewers uh, you know outfield. Oh, perfect. Here is. Uh, Tyrone Taylor, he has three homers in 12 spring at-bats already. So here I'll share my screen for you, for the YouTube audience. Here's Tyrone Taylor, just some of the power that he has. This is in spring training. I think this was today. So that this ball's crushed. To dead center, I mean, more than 378 feet, obviously, that left center field wall marker there. Uh, that, that ball's crushed. One more time, see it again. I mean, yeah, that was batting practice, just fastball right down the middle. But at the same time, that's impressive. And then I'll look up some of Tyrone Taylor's stats, what he did last year. From what I remember, I think he played well against the Padres. Six feet tall. I mean, this seemed, it would definitely, for me, I think, it would definitely be a real upgrade. Here's sharing my screen for the YouTube audience's baseball reference page. He was a 1-6 war player last year, hit 12 home runs, so wasn't as much as I thought it was. But, again, he didn't have as much playing time as he would probably as a starter. Again, this year, so last year he had 200 Let's see, 243 at-bats, and uh, he's projected to have oh, like 100 more than that this year. So they think that he's going to get more playing time. If he gets more playing time, I expect him to have more home runs than just one more than he had last year. Uh, but baseball reference is projecting Tyrone Taylor to have 13 home runs, driving just a little bit less than 50 home runs. Not, or Excuse me, 50 runs. Uh, not really going to hit for average, but what's new there in this day and age. But, okay, so he's been in the big leagues now for parts of three seasons. Played more than half the season with the Brewers last year. Appeared in 93 games. Had 59 strikeouts, 20 walks. Drove in a little over 40 runs. Again, 12 home runs combined for, let's see... 12 doubles and triples combined. And then if you compare Tyrone Taylor to Jerks and Profar, he was a zero-war player last year. And Tyrone Taylor, again, he was a 1.6-war player. So that's obviously a big difference there. That's definitely an upgrade if you're the Padres. Um, So... Just, yeah, in the comments, if you think Tyrone Taylor would be a fit, I was kind of looking there, you know, how many outfielders they have. Obviously, they're not going to deal Kutch. They're not going to deal Yelich. Lorenzo Cain isn't really a big power bat much anymore. He's more known for his glove. And I think there's talk about him maybe retiring after this year. So Tyrone Taylor feels like that option there. Um, And so that's maybe an option. But, again, I'm not getting my hopes up for an addition Preller's already said on the radio, he said in interviews that they're pretty confident in, you know, this being the roster that they're going with. That's what Preller said on the Darren Smith show on Extra uh, yesterday. So I'm not expecting a move, but that would I, I would definitely be up for that move, no doubt about that. I think he would either replace 
Nomar Mazzara as that fourth outfielder on the roster if you're still including Profar as an outfielder. Or um, he would be a fifth outfielder or fourth outfielder with Mazzara being the fifth outfielder if they want to go that route as well and have Taylor maybe be a pinch hit bat sometimes, be a left fielder as well, DH sometimes as well if they don't want Hosmer hitting and they want Voigt at first uh, against lefties. So I think uh, that would be appealing to me. Um, Let's see here. Getting to C.J. Abrams today, he went one for three. He struck out in his first at-bat, lined to left in his third at-bat, but in his second at-bat, line drive single uh, to left field. And then after that, which was a bullet, by the way, after that, he stole second, which led to their, I believe, the Padres' first run of the game. And this just shows, everyone, this just shows C.J. Abrams and the impact that he can have. The great jump that he had, no chance in getting him. Hits off the bag and a run scores. But just look look at the jump that he has. You know, he's the fastest minor leaguer in the Padres system. And it's just these things that can really help the Padres. You know, during especially without Tatis, you lose some speed there. Kim's fast, but you have to get on base to, you know, really put that into play. And CJ gets on base. Uh, he's right now, I believe, he's hitting 353 in spring training. I get it, spring training, it's early. There's still, you know, we're March 26th, less than two weeks away, so there's still more games to be played. But hitting well over 300 so far. He's hitting 500 against major league pitching thus far, four for eight in those at bats. So look, you're. I think some people are going to be certain, like the Padres might want to be searching for reasons to not put him on the roster, just so like service time reasons and all that. And maybe they went into this camp thinking he's not going to be ready, so they want to validate that. But with Tatis out, and I haven't really been too impressed with what Kim's doing thus far, um, what's the reason? In the chat, let me know. What reasons would you, playing devil's advocate, what reasons would you provide if you're A.J. Preller and sit, you're sitting down C.J. Abrams and you're telling him, hey, we're not going to put you on the major league roster on opening day. Here's why, blah, 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 blah. What are those reasons? Because I'm trying to think of them. And what? What are the reasons? Because right now, as it stands, Profar's on left. He's not really, an in, he's, he's not really that outfield option because... Jorge Alfaro is not in left because that Bob Melvin's saying that he's only going to be a catcher. So you have three outfielders right there. Mazar can play left um, as well, but he seems more like the fourth outfielder and not starting either. So that leaves who's going to be that backup infielder, right? Because you have Manny at third, Kim at short, Cronenworth, and then you have Hosmer. You have Voight DHing. Who are your bench infielders that can play the middle infield there? With Profar in left field, you know, so that it's it's just kind of like, who else are you going to put? You know, I don't think Eggy Rosario is an option to make the big league roster, and C.J. Abrams, he's showing that he fits in. You know, he he belongs. I know the first at bat today wasn't great, kind of looked lost. You know, uh, you know, couldn't really control the barrel on that check swing strikeout, but. I'm just trying to search for reasons why you wouldn't put him on the roster if he continues playing like this. Jason says, with four catchers and the extra pitchers, I wouldn't be surprised if A.J. Preller swings a trade for another outfielder. I I would at this point. It just seems like he's resigned to the fact that this is the roster that he's going with. Jesus, or Jesus, uh, I'm sorry, I don't know how to pronounce what way you pronounce that name. They need to trade for a big bat in the outfield. Jerks and Profar and Will Myers are not going to cut it. Put Jorge Alfaro in left or get another outfielder. Look, Profar, if you saw that relay that he made today, that was really good. I really respect the hustle, diving for that ball. Didn't catch it on the dive, but dough for it. Um, And look, I respect the hustle that he's given, and he had a great throw into Jackson Merrill, and then Jackson Merrill gunned down the runner at uh, at catcher uh, to Caratini, gunned him down at home. Um, So... Profar, it's hopefully he's worked on the defense, 
And I understand power-wise, right, left field jerks pro far, you know, expected to hit, what, like 12 home runs or something? What What's his projections this year? Um, that's obviously you want more power there. But I'm just – look, we can plead for Alfaro in left field. Yes, Jason, he played left field, I believe, last year. He has experience there. But I'm trying to play, you know, realistic – GM here. In terms of what Bob Melvin's telling the media, he's having uh, Alfaro as the catcher, and he's the backup catcher for me right now. The way he's hitting at the plate, they need power in that lineup. Uh, if you know Grisham and Myers aren't going to provide, you know, a lot of power, and if Hosmer's going to hit balls in the ground, and if Nola's not going to give you a whole lot offensively. When there's going to be a catcher not named Nola there, you need that power. Um, and so I would put Alfaro over Caratini right now. But with the 28-man roster, I think it's definitely a possibility uh, that you see Caratini, Nola, and Alfaro make the roster. Camposano, I think, is not making the roster. If you just watch games, he's getting in games late. Uh, he hasn't really improved much defensively. Um, let's see. The projections for Profar, yeah, he has... They're projecting him to hit 12 home runs this year, hit 233. So, look, Profar is what he is. I, I respect the hustle that he had in spring training or that he has, that he showed earlier today. And Alfaro gunned a you know, runner at second today by a mile, you know, late in that game. Has three home runs already this spring. Hit an absolute bomb against the Dodgers last night in that tie. Potters have tied two games in a row. Um, so that's the way I'd go right now. And, yeah, Jason, I think they'll carry three catchers. Jesus, uh, the, the defense is good, but the offense is terrible. Put off Alfaro. Oh, did I already read? I think I already read uh, that comment. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I don't think Alfaro is going to be in the outfield based on what Bob Melvin's saying. Uh, but as for uh, C.J. Abrams, again, he's hitting over 350. Uh, he's four for eight against. I know that's a small sample size, but that's all we can judge him off of, right? He's healthy coming off the injury. He's playing shortstop, lead off in some of these spring training games. They're giving him every opportunity, and he's playing well off of those opportunities. What happened the last time the Padres gave a young, really talented shortstop, middle infielder, a lot of opportunities out of spring training when he wasn't really expected to make the big league roster when guys reported to spring camp. Tatis ended up making the roster and ended up benefiting and taking advantage of all of those opportunities that he got in that spring training leading into the 2019 season. Um, And Hosmer, Kinsler, Manny, they all saw that and went into Preller's office and said, hey, let's get this dude on the roster. And I think maybe you see that again this year. Who knows? Um, But, yeah, so as for today, again, 2-2 tie, Voight homered. Weathers struggled early, but he bounced back. Lamette struggled in his inning of work. Stammen, Pagan, Hill, three innings shutout combined. Kevin Copps, one inning, no runs. I'd expect him to, you know, come up and impact the team at some point because injuries do happen. And in that episode, that interview that I talked to him earlier this offseason during the lockout, his, he said that his goal this year is to make a significant impact on this major league team in 2022. So he looked really good today in that ninth inning. Um, and so we'll see where that goes. Struck out two of the four batters that he faced. Um, so that's some, he's definitely someone to look at. I think he has a better chance than Ray Kerr to make the big league roster and get called up before uh, the other guy does. So that's another storyline to watch as the regular season develops. I don't think he makes the roster, obviously, uh, coming right out of spring training. Um, so we'll see. Steve says Pagan didn't look good, hit hard at least twice. I don't know what your versions of hitting being hit hard is. Um, he didn't look as good as his last appearance, but he was like a shutout. He was a real shutout his last appearance. Uh, so we'll see. Jesus says, trade one of the pitchers who are going for the fifth starter to get a quality outfield outfielder, I think is what he's saying. The pitcher that doesn't make the fifth starter 
is the guy that needs to be traded. Um, look, I don't think you do that right now. I think that's something that you would do in the, when the season starts or right before, like on April 6th when the roster is decided if you're going to do that because they don't know who the fifth starter is going to be right now. I think Ryan Weathers could be an option to be traded, but I, I don't really want to give up, give up on him yet, you know? Um, and it depends on who that outfielder is that you're trading for. And so doing that right now doesn't make sense because you don't know who that fifth starter is. They're definitely not trading Mackenzie Gore. You know that for a fact, the way he's pitching. And with Ruben Niebla here and now, they're not doing that. Um, you know, Chris Paddock, I don't think they'd trade him yet. Same thing goes, obviously, with Nick Martinez. They just signed him to a big contract. So I, I don't see that really happening before opening day, to be quite honest with you, Jesus. Uh, but, again, Kyle Tyler was brought in for the Padres. James Norwood, DFA'd. Blake Snell pitched in a simulated game. Two simulated innings today. AJ Castville said he'd probably go four or five innings to start the season. Um, and... He looked pretty good, mixed all four of his pitches. The changeup looks pretty good. Uh, didn't really give up many hits at all, not more than two. Uh, so seems like a good day out of Padres camp, you know. Um, so we'll see. Uh, again, it's a lot of wait and see. Uh, Jason asked in the chat here, could Emilio Pagan be the closer with Drew Pomerantz out? I think that's the guy that I would lean towards giving the closer to. I think him... I haven't seen much of Luis Garcia, but maybe they're just putting him in backfield games. I think Emilio Pagan, Luis Garcia, and Robert Suarez are the three options. I think that I would at least go with to really get the closer job, get the first crack at that out of spring training. Again, I'm hesitant with doing that with Lamette, with the back-to-back-to-back games and not really having closing experience and all that while... Other three guys have at least eighth, ninth inning, like, real experience. So that's who I would lean with. Um, yeah, Emilio Pagan, I think, is definitely an option. And Drew Pomerantz, even if he was here, I would not really put him as the closer because he needs to prove to me that he can stay healthy. All this forearm stuff and the elbow and uh, the big three-year contract Preller gave him, it's not working out great. He hasn't stayed healthy, and until he can stay healthy, you're not – Pen, you know, penciling him in, penning him in as the closer because you need your closer to be reliable and to be healthy and say, okay, we're going to go to this guy in the ninth inning. Uh, that, you know, in this upcoming Dodger series, if you're going into a Dodger series, instead of saying, we'll pitch him tonight, hopefully he stays healthy and he's available for, you know, tomorrow night, you know? So I, I would not, even if Pomerantz was healthy, I, I wouldn't even give him that closer spot right now. Czar says in the chat, at this point, I would wait till trading the trade deadline for an outfielder and say, see where we are at. I mean, I'd wait. I think, look, like I mentioned, this is the team I feel like they're going to go with. I, I'm not so sure that I'd want to wait till the deadline. Uh, it just depends on how the season's going. You know, if Bob Melvin somehow starts playing all far in left field, maybe they don't. You know, if let's say Nomar Mazzara, you know, is displaying power like he was in his prime at Texas, maybe they don't. You know, if let's say Profar is actually playing really well, improving his defense, still having competitive at bats, maybe they don't feel the need to do that. And maybe it's just a bench bat they go get. Um, so starting outfield wise, it's a wait and see. Another outfielder, obviously, that would be ideal to get. I don't know if they'll wait till the trade deadline, but I think you're right in terms of them not really adding anything the rest of the spring training. I just don't see – like I mentioned multiple times in this episode, it just seems like Preller and the front office and Bob Millman and them, all of them, they're just resigned to the fact that, hey, look, this guy – look – Bob Melvin, is. this is the roster that he's going to have. This is the roster. Profar's in left. Grisham's in center. Myers is in right. Mazzara's the fourth outfielder. Trace Thompson, if he performs, maybe he's the fourth outfielder or something. But this just seems like the roster they're going to go with. Um, 
Let's see here. Um, just looking through the chat here. Jesus says Myers strikes out too much. He does, but it's his last year of his contract, and he's your right fielder. You can't really do too much about it. Like, it's there's been reports that they're trying to trade Hosmer and Myers earlier this offseason. Uh, Post-lockout, there were reports about that, that they're shopping them hard and all that. But there's no takers. You know, he's making twenty what twenty million dollars this year um, in the luxury tax number, and he's really struggled this spring training. He strikes out too much. I agree, but this is where you are. You know, he's the right fielder. There's you can I guess be mad about it all you want, and obviously you hope that Myers has one of those two years that he's had of his prime. You know, where he's hitting these home runs and all that in San Diego kind of like 2016 have that type of year again uh, you know and be okay defensively and all that you hope that happens and if that happens I'll be happy uh, you, you just kind of have to accept the fact that he's seems like he's going to be the right fielder this year or left fielder if they acquire someone who's you know better fit for right field we'll, we'll see but that's pretty much I think where um, where our heads as Padre fans have to be right now um, so this was fun, episode 135, Talking Fires Podcast, presented by Gaglione Bros, sponsored by Gaglione Bros, famous cheesesteaks and subs, gaglionebros.com to view their entire menu. Uh, we'll be back, I'll be back probably tomorrow again for another live stream. Thank you so much for the YouTube audience. Again, hit that subscribe button, the like button, get those subscriber numbers up. Tell your friends about this show. I really hope that everyone who watches live enjoys it the chat as well uh, and anyone watching on replay enjoys it the podcast audience i really appreciate you as well again at talking fires twitter instagram hit the subscribe button on youtube stay tuned for all of your potters updates here at talking fires gaslampball.com as well the site i write i write for and had some content for as well so check that out this is the official podcast of gaslamp ball so i really appreciate everyone episode 135 until next time stay healthy Stay safe, go Padres, and see ya.